Welcome to the Central Christian Church Message Podcast. We are passionate about leading people to discover and fully own faith in Jesus. It is our desire that the following message inspires you to take your next steps in your own faith. Let's dive in. Well, hi everyone. Hey, and Merry Christmas. Welcome to Central. My name is Cal Jernigan. I'm the lead pastor here, and it is a joy and a delight to have you in our services today. And we're seriously so glad that you're here. Now, you might be looking at this going, I don't think he's in Arizona. Folks, we're not in Arizona. We're actually in Canada. And uh, we're just in a, we're in a place called Whistler. And I don't know if you've ever been here, but Whistler is on the, uh, the west side of Canada. It's up above Vancouver. And uh, it is a picture-perfect place. Now, most people come to Whistler because of the kind of premier alpine skiing that it offers. That's not how I ended up here. I ended up here a number of years ago. I was asked to speak at an event, and so I came up here and brought Lisa with me, and it happened to be Christmas time, and we were, I mean, shocked by how incredible this place is. And from that day to this day, I've always wanted to come back. And so uh, I've talked to people, I've told people, because when you experience something like that remarkable, you talk about it. And so I've asked people, have you ever been to Canada, to Whistler at Christmas? And obviously most people would say no, but I just kept talking about it. Well, eventually we made a decision. We need to, we need to do something. If we can't uh, bring all of you, which would be the ideal thing, let's all come up here to Whistler and have Christmas up here. If we can't do that, the next best thing we can do is bring Whistler to you. And that's what we're doing. And that's where these images are coming from and why we're doing it. As I said, it is the most picture perfect Christmas site. Now, but let me stop, let me say this. When you picture the perfect Christmas, what it comes to your mind? What is it that makes Christmas perfect? Where would it be? How would it be? What would be involved? Would, would you be uh, at home? Would you be in the mountains? Would you be by a beach? Where would you be? And like, imagine like what would make it perfect? Uh, the setting would have to do with it. The people would have something to do with it. Obviously, there'd be people you'd have to have there, and the people you really weren't there. But the truth of the matter is, is that there's an image in your mind of, of the perfect Christmas. Picture perfect. And so if you'll do that, you'd be thinking about that. That's what we're going to talk about today. And we're just going to continue in a spirit of celebration right now. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to rise to your feet. Here's why. Because we're about to sing Christmas carols. Because Christmas can't be Christmas without singing. And so I just want to encourage you. Get on your feet. They're going to lead us a couple of Christmas carols. And then I'll be back and share a little bit more with you. Hi everyone. Hey, Pastor Cal here again. Uh, man, thanks for singing and worshiping with us. Uh, we're back in picture perfect Whistler. And as I said before, man, I wish so badly that you could all be here. The idea of this moment I want to spend with you is if you were here and we were just sitting uh, across a table in a cozy cafe, having a cup of coffee and just talking among friends. And I'm not going to preach a sermon. I just want to share some thoughts that uh, I, I hope will uh, kind of give you something to reflect on as you to celebrate this Christmas with your family 
earlier I asked you to imagine, you know, what would your perfect Christmas be? Where, you know, where would it be? And how, how you know, just dreaming about that, the perfect Christmas for you. And I don't know where that would be for you. Maybe it would be just at home. I just want to be at home. That would be the perfect location. Uh, you know, everything in my house is decorated. Uh, man, everything, get my family there. Get like uh, the smells of Christmas, the fresh cut Christmas tree, the chocolate chip cookies, you know, the uh, sit down with your family, have that meal that you normally have. And uh, the perfect Christmas might be the dishes automatically wash themselves. I don't know. But that might be the perfect place for you. Some of you would go, no, you know what? I, I grew up and there was always snow and we would shovel snow and the driveway would be, uh, you know, it's kind of first thing we'd have to do. And it, your, your idea would maybe be more in the mountains. I don't know. Snow falling, it's kind of cold, you know. You, you're gathered together with your family inside. You got a fire roaring in the fireplace. Christmas carols maybe playing in the background. Maybe for some of you, uh, it might be not, not, not at home, not at a, a cabin. It would be Man, I want to be in Hawaii, man. I want to be laying out on a beach. I want to, you know, white sands and palm trees and no cloud in the sky, waves crashing, you know, and uh, you're singing Melikaliki Maka, you know, that's kind of like, that's Christmas and that's what it ought to be. And I don't have any idea what it is that you think of that would just be the absolute perfect Christmas for you. But I want to ask you a different question. Not where would it be, but what was your best Christmas? What was the best Christmas you ever had? Who was there? How, where were you? How, what made that thing so special? And as you think about that, I want to ask you again, just a simple question. Was it perfect? You go, oh, it was so perfect. But was it really perfect? And my guess is no, it wasn't perfect. It was really, really good, but it was uh, a little bit, it would have been better if. And see, the reason I'm trying to get you to think about this is that so often what happens to us when it comes to Christmas is we're striving and we're reaching for like the perfect Christmas. It's got, everything's gotta be perfect for it to be the best. And I wanna challenge you to think about that. I wanna talk about, cause again, picture perfect. I want you to picture perfect. Because I think sometimes we have a picture in our mind of what Christmas ought to be that it's not very realistic and it can leave us disappointed and uh, dissatisfied when God was trying to give us something. I wanna read to you uh, from the Gospel of Luke, the Christmas story. I, I know you know this story, and again, I've said this so many Christmases. The first time I ever heard this was watching Linus on a Charlie Brown Christmas when I was the uh, Yatal. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. First time I'd ever heard it, and I just remember being riveted to what he said. I had never heard these words before. I want to explain to you uh, God's idea of a perfect Christmas. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up and pondered uh, all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen, heard and seen, uh, which were just as they had been told. I don't know about you, but there's a lot with that source. So beautiful, but it's far from perfect. You know, it's interesting how over the years, people try to make it, you know, a little bit more palatable, a little bit more appealing, because when you really read the details, well, so we sing songs, you know, away in a manger. We talk about the stars, you know, up in the sky, you know, beautiful night. And, uh, you know, the, the little baby Jesus lying in the hay. Now, the cattle are lowing, but the baby is perfect. Man, no crying out of that little baby. How many newborn babies have you ever been around that didn't cry? So we try to glorify this. We try to idealize it. We try to make it better than it is. You know, there's so many parts of that. You, you'd have to go, I got some questions about that. But then first, what about Mary? She's the one who's going to be given the task of raising this child. The whole thing about how the conception was going to happen, what we know is the virgin birth, you know, this immaculate thing that was going to happen with her and the Holy Spirit was going to overshadow her. And you just go, okay, that's kind of, that's kind of weird a little bit. The Roman governor uh, declares a census of all the times that the governor could declare a census. He chooses to do it right now, which forces this young couple to travel. He can't leave her because she's about to give birth. So they have to get they got to get over from uh, up north in Galilee over to Bethlehem, which is south. And again, there's no bus. There's no Uber to call. That means hop on a donkey and, and travel or walk it. That's like, you got to be kidding. But that's what they had to do to get down there. Um, no, no family to meet them, to be with them. No doctor uh, to deliver the child. No sanitary hospital to check into where she could be taken care of and no one gives up a room there's no room in an inn so somebody maybe out of an act of kindness i don't know somebody suggests well you know there's a barn out back probably a cave but it's where the animals are kept and there's nothing in us that's appealing about that you understand the unsanitary nature of that so this baby is laid in a manger a manger is a feeding trough for animals and then in that story, shepherds show up. And it sounds so cool because the shepherds show up and they're cool. Here's what you've got to understand about shepherds in the, in that area at that time in history. They were, they were considered uh, really uh, outcasts. They were not the cream of the crop of society. They were the low folks that nobody wanted to hang out. They, they were despised because they smelled funny. They, they had a bad reputation. They would not even be allowed to testify in court 
if they saw something because they were just shepherds. But shepherds, they show up. That's that's really awesome. You got a crazy political leader named Herod who's trying to kill off all the babies in Bethlehem because he's threatened by the birth of this child. There's like a manhunt going on, a little baby hunt, and uh, all these babies get slaughtered. You know, really the only really cool thing you can come up with about this story, well, there's two that I can think of. I mean, come on, that whole thing about the angels and, and the heavenly hosts of angels out in the fields at night, okay, that was awesome. And then there's that other thing that's just super cool which is God came to earth, became one of us. Okay, that, that thing, that's cool. Of course that's cool. That's the point of the story. If you were God and you're perfect and you have all power and, and like literally you're the Lord of the universe, you created everything, is this the best you got? If you were aiming at perfection as God, is this the best that you could do? I mean, if... The bullseye was perfection. It seems like you aimed pretty low as you hit this actual point. Let me just explain something. Outside of God, perfect doesn't exist. Outside of God, perfect doesn't exist. There's no place on earth, there's no time in in history where you could truly say that everything is perfect. It doesn't exist. Aiming at perfection, by the way, is aiming at a very, very small target. Because if there is a point of perfection, it's only a point. It's just a very little point. If you're aiming for perfection, a whole lot of good has to be discounted. It's not so important, not so good, not so significant, not so worthy. And honestly, if you're pursuing perfection, you're paying a huge price. So we want to, everything's got to be perfect. But the God of the universe, the perfect creator, when bringing his son to earth, told the story this way, set the stage this way. Kind of strikes me that Christ came to earth the way he did in such an imperfect way, because you and I, we're as imperfect as we are. And you know what? It fits us perfectly. The story fits us perfectly. Let me read to you a couple of passages. John three sixteen. you know this passage. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So this is just a gift from God. This whole thing, this whole story, it's just a gift. That Jesus came this way to us at this time, it's a gift. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians 5.21 and hopefully it'll sharpen the focus a little bit. God made him who had no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, God exchanged his perfection for my and your imperfection. It was his way of saying, I'll meet you where you are, not where I am. I'll meet you where you are. See, here's the point. God isn't looking for perfection out of you. He's not looking for perfection. So many of us think that That's exactly what we have to have a relationship with God. We have to be perfect. We have to live in that place of perfect. I just need to tell you, God's not looking for your perfection. God knows you who you are. See, our our imperfection drives us away from God when really what it ought to do is exactly the opposite. Our imperfection ought to draw us towards God because we realize that he realizes what we are and what we're not. 
scripture is very clear. Our righteousness is nothing, which means however good you are, and I'm sure you're really, really good, but no matter how good you are, whether you're the kind of person that never thinks about God except for once or twice a year. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our hope is that you are left inspired and challenged to continue to grow in your faith. If you are looking for more from Central, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. See you next time. Until then, go be the church.